Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddick. Welcome to episode 34 of Quilt and Tell. Today, our theme is a needle pulling thread. First, we catch up and chat about what we've been doing lately, and um, then today's guest is the author of the new book, Color, Thread, and Free Motion Quilting, Learn to Stitch with Reckless Abandon, Terry Lucas. Our Fine Finishes segment is sponsored by Handy Quilter, and today we are chatting with Susan Manry. Our controversial topic is quilting with a robot is not creative. It is going to be a packed show, so stay tuned. How are you, ladies? Doing good, thanks. Yeah, doing really good. Yeah, thanks. And how about yeah, you? Yeah. The weather mm-hmm. has turned, and it is like changed my life. I, know. <laughs> I, I, I feel as if June hit and summer's here. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. It's just been really delightful to live in Colorado and um, be able to get outside. I I think I really appreciate, especially lately how um we're we're kind of spread apart here um more so than anywhere I've lived so it feels a little more spacious and I've really tried to take some time over the past um, several days to actually make sure that I get outside and take a nice long walk and um recharge my batteries that way so what have you guys been working on go ahead Lori I want to hear what you're working on Okay, so I have a color option that I brought home. And the color option is is when we take a pattern that we're going to put in a magazine and we just do it in completely different fabric. So I have this, I don't know, it was probably 48 inch square color option. And that's kind of little for me. So I had extra fabric, added on some borders. Um and then piece the back, and the back is better than the did. front. <laughs> it's better than the front. This one's going to be really hard. And I'm ready to quilt it now, and I can hardly wait. I love it. What about you, Ginger? I had a fun weekend uh, back. I, I'm trying to find fabric for the back of the quilt, the bedroom quilt that I'm working on. And I went in. Um, I, 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 of course, have no patience, and none of our quilting stores uh, or shops are open around the area. So I went into Joanne's and um, thinking I want like a burgundy color and came out with like a mustard yellow. So it was interesting. <laughs> like I, I totally it. switched gears <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I had the picture of like my top that I brought with me, but I didn't bring the top with me. And I knew it was a pretty close color, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Got it home and absolutely loved it. So I'm so Good. excited. I can't wait. I'm, of course, doing not huge piecing, but definitely piecing a little bit on the back and um, hoping to start quilting soon. So I can't wait. Um, yeah. So how about you, Tracy? What, what have you been working on? Oh, it's been a kind of a rough week for me. I um, started to go into an autoimmune flare. So oh. that means I get very tired. Um, it also means that it I want crave creativity more than any other time. And I just want to sew. Um, but it often means that I am not feeling well enough to sit and sew. Um, or um, my hands aren't quite accurate enough for me to 
you know, do any cutting or um, sometimes not even to get an accurate quarter of an inch seam. So uh, when I feel that way, I tend to either pet my fabric or (laughs) rearrange my fabric or uh, read books uh, or magazines. um, And part of my creativity was really sort of poured into some of our magazines this week. So I was doing a lot of writing and um, I actually found some new products that will be featured in, in some of our new magazines coming out next month. So um, I got to play with a few new products and that was fun. And so that's really what I've been focusing on lately, um, planning what my next thing is going to be. I do need to finish up the quilt that I've been working on forever. Um, and that's almost done. So I really need to just finish up the last few blocks and sew it together. And then, and then I'm trying to figure out what the next thing is going to be because there's a bunch of options. Tracy, when my hands are giving me trouble, sometimes I like to crochet. Mm, it's a whole interesting. different, a different, yeah. a different <laughs> muscle group, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And sometimes the problem is that my hands, when they, when I'm getting like this, they swell up. And so they're kind of hard to bend. Um, and I also can't really grasp things very well. Like I tend to drop things. Oh, so a crochet hook them would be hard. It would be kind of hard. Um, however, um, I can prep English paper piecing. So, cause oh, I usually yeah. use a glue stick oh, for nice. that. So I will do that if, if I, and I've been actually meaning to start, start dipping, dipping into a new collection of fabric for that, um, at, with slightly larger hexagons. So that might be happening very soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like to keep something on the side that I can, that I can work on. Um, and that's kind of why I t- tend to have multiple projects going at the same time, because there's always something I can do if I'm feeling bad. <laughs> it's a good excuse anyway, isn't it, Lori? <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I have all these projects going oh, and that's yeah. not my reason. It's just because I have all these projects going. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I tell myself lots of things. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we have a really great interview coming up with Terry. So are you guys ready to get to it? I am. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to her. Today, our guest is one of my very dear friends, Terry Lucas. She's a teacher. She is my best cheerleader. So when I'm having an off day, she's she's the one to remind me who I am and encourage me. And she has a new book coming out later this month with CNT. Welcome, the talented Terry Lucas. Welcome, Thank you Terry. Thank so much, Tracy. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Thank you. So I know Lori knows you very well. That's right. Ginger, have you met Terry before? I haven't, but after getting a quick glimpse at her book, I feel as if I know her. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's funny that way. Your book is called Color, Thread, and Free Motion Quilting, Learn to Stitch with Reckless Abandon. And it is with CNT, and it is coming out when? 
July 25th is the official publication date. Okay, so I was actually a little ahead of myself. I was thinking it came out at the end of this month. So I was telling my son that I was reading a book and the title of it was something about quilting with reckless abandon. And he said, wow, mom, you'll love that. (laughs) (laughs) And what did you think, Lori? I loved it. Um, There were so many things in there that that just really struck a chord. Uh, Terry talks about not pointing out your mistakes. And I think quilters, crafters are so guilty of that. We're so close to our work as we're doing it you know, a few stitches at a time that we know when we make a bobble and nobody else is going to see that. You know, uh, that, that is so true. And that is a lesson that has carried with me from the first ever machine quilting class that I took with Carol Brubaker in Pennsylvania so many years ago. I had been quilting for a little while and at the end of class, I remember her saying this, not to point out our flaws. And shortly after that, I was standing with a group of friends and another one of the students was standing with a group of friends and she started point, she showed them and they're like, oh, wow, that's really amazing. And then she started pointing out all of her flaws and I flipped around and I said, wait, wait, she told us not to do that. Don't show them your flaws. They're telling you what a great job you did. Hold on to that. And I think the more we hold on to the good that we do, the easier that it is for us to progress as quilters. Well, and I know I feel like I'm much harder on myself when I'm showing my quilts to other quilters. When I'm giving a gift to a family member or somebody who doesn't know the craft as well, I don't tend to point out stuff, but I know I get super defensive when I know there's a mistake there and I know this excellent, you know, superb quilter is looking at it. So I feel like that's my hurdle I need to get over. (laughs) One of the things that I've done as a teacher in class, when students start doing this, like, you know, not for nothing. I, sometimes I see the stuff, it just sort of jumps off the quilt. And unless a quilter is specifically asking me for advice, I tell them how good their stuff is, or I'll point out what they did really well. Um, and if, when they start pointing out the bad stuff again, I'll go, wait, wait, just stop right here, right now. I didn't see that. And so if I'm not seeing it, then it's fine. Let it, let it go. Just let it go. And, and, you know, hold on to that, Ginger, because you, I I just looked at your quilt. You do good work. Oh, thank you. I'm going to treasure that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's funny because, um, uh, Terry and I met several years ago. We were working together on Generation Q magazine. And one of my um, positions there was actually working with kids and doing projects that were specifically made for kids learning to sew. And so Sydney was always my um, my go-to hand model and um, project person. <laughs> um, and so from a very young age, she was... I'm kind of learning at my knee. And, and I think as I was teaching her, I was trying not to instill 
the insecurities that I feel sometimes as I'm sewing. And I am pretty sure I told this story once before, but I was making a quilt for my son Bryce and it was right before Christmas. He was coming home from school and I was rushing to get the quilt done. And I was, it was probably the first quilt I think that I ever did free motion quilting on that. It was twin size quilt. And, um, so I must've been muttering under my breath that, you know, I messed up, you know, and gosh, look at that. That looks terrible and blah, blah, blah. And Sydney heard me and she was standing probably about 12 feet away from me. And she said, mom, stop it. I don't see any mistake from here. And I think that kind of woke me up a bit about, and having Terry as a friend and reminding me, you know, to not point things out. I still do it. Um, and I still do it to myself a lot. I think that I'm really self-critical, um, especially about the quilting part, because that's the part that I feel the least confident about. Um, and so I think those are, you know, that moment and, and Terry sort of constantly slapping my hand and saying, stop it, Tracy. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> it looks great. Stop it. Um, is one of those things that we all kind of have to learn, right? We as women are really hard on ourselves. And I I think there is this, this dynamic where we compare where we are with somebody who is significantly more skilled than we are. And we forget that there is a level of work that goes into making our quilt. So somebody's further down the road from us and we're comparing this with that and we're doing different things. So, you know, if we could, if we could figure out a way to teach ourselves how not to compare with what other people are doing, I think in the long run, we would be fine. In the short run, it's going to take some work. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I I mean, I have never been involved with a community of women, you know, and the majority of us, we are women who are so supportive and are so. So I feel like it's so many of these restrictions we're just putting on ourselves that we need to just let go. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny because I, I, I think I told you this in person, Terry, when I spoke with you, but um, when I got the advanced copy, you know, of the your book, it actually, and I was, I was there when you were writing it. And, you know, of course I wasn't seeing really what you were working on or hearing about it. Um, but it's not what I thought. And, and so I actually, you know, went through the book again last night and I, I took down some notes to remind me of what struck me as really different about your book. And what I think is special about it. I remember hearing about your impractical color wheel. Um, And I think based on your work and what you said about it, I think I was thinking, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking that that would be. And then I got your book and I was expecting this book to be about color theory and 
and quilting and about what you do. And I was not expecting your book to be something that made me think differently. And that's what it did. It made me think outside of the box. I mean, I've, I've ta- been in a, in a quilt shop and I've pulled out spools of thread and laid it on the quilt to see what I thought would, you know, pop on the quilt or what might blend in well with the quilt um, at, for the quilting part. But I don't think I've ever really thought about color play and what different colors do when they interact and how different colors are and in different thread weights and different types of thread are going to look on the quilt. And that's what I think your book did for me. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm tearing up here hearing this. Aww. You are um you're the third person who has said that to me. And if I've done that for you, then my work here is, is done. And I mean that really from the very center of my being. Um, you said it, Alex said it, Pokey said it. Um, and if, if this then is your jumping off point to exploring more of who you are as a quilter, I'm honored to be part of that process. Um, if it, if it confirms where you're going as a quilt maker, I'm honored to be part of that process. Um, writing, writing this, and I know I shared a lot with you, Tracy, I'm sure I Marco Poloed you almost every day for months. (laughs) You did. But, and like you and Jake and Melissa and a number of other people are, are, um, uh, Carol Brubaker who taught me how to, how to quilt and all of the people that I mentioned at the front of the book in some way influenced who I am as a quilter. And, you know, to me, this honors them as much as I'm honored to be part of your quilting journey. That's, that's really amazing. And I, and I, I can hear how emotional you are, you know, about it. I think when you, when you pour yourself into a book, uh, it's really emotional. It's, it's something, you know, people refer to it like having a baby, right? It's, it takes a long time to create what you're creating. And, um, and you've, poured your soul into the writing. And, you know, I think the special thing about this is knowing you and, and seeing this book, I think everyone who is a quilter who needs to have someone cheering them on needs this book. It is, it's a book where I can see myself picking it up in the morning, uh, having my cup of tea and sitting on the patio and you know, thumbing through it for inspiration, but I can also see myself having it right next to me at my sewing machine as I'm working and pulling it up as a reference to, you know, get ideas or to think about, you know, what, what thread weight I should be thinking of or, or how different colors might create the effect that I'm looking for. 
And I, I can see it going both ways. I want to hear what, you know, what, what Ginger thought about it as she was well, reading it. Yeah, no. And it was so funny. I was uh, telling Terry before we got started, I was like, I've never had the experience of actually like reading through somebody's book and then talking to them the next day. It's pretty amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a neat thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, for me, what I loved about it was just the fact that it made quilting seem so accessible, so much more like, you know, all those hurdles I had put in front of myself. I'm like, oh, no, it's not that difficult. It's not that hard. And, you know, something as simple as like, I loved it when she says, you know, if you like it, use it. Duh. That's like, you know, that should be rule number one. You know, if it's something that's appealing to you, then it, it your, your expression is going to be on there and it's going to come out in that. And, um, you know, I, one of the things that really struck me that I can't believe I never thought of before was the section where she talked about uh, the tools of the trade and using the color tool on thread. I always thought like, oh, right. yeah, you use it on fabric. No, you know, that's <laughs> perfectly normal. But oh, my God, that opened up a whole new world for me. I was just like, oh, my God. God, why did I not think of that before? And it seems so, so silly that I never did. So thank you for just showing me that because that was huge. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I really, the other thing that I loved was the fact that the motifs that you had in there, they look as if they're hand drawn. And there was something about that that really spoke to me because sometimes you see motifs and they're so perfect, you know, and they're so this, and it's like, okay, I can't accomplish that. Whereas when I looked at these hand drawn ones, they were beautiful. And they seem so much like, hey, I can do that. I can definitely do that. So thank you for that as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That um, I, I kind of um, it, I didn't fight for it as um, I at some point my editor and I were going back and forth. She's like, I can have them squared off. I'm like, no, you don't understand this. This having these look like this could not be more on brand and I want it to feel accessible. And so, yay, it's accessible. You <laughs> nailed it. You nailed uh -huh. it because as I was going I through there and I'm in the process right now of trying to, I have a bedroom quilt that I'm going to be quilting very soon. And I mean, the timing could not have been more perfect for me. And I'm like, oh, oh, I want to do them all. What do I pick? <laughs> <laughs> so I thank you for that. All. Yes, I know. I, I'm like, I may just have to, but I got to finish it eventually. <laughs> oh, well, I think one of the pictures, well, yeah, there's a whole finishing thing. I felt like the book gives us permission to do what we want to do and see what happens. Um, kind of like the rules are optional. Do you know what my theme is? What? Your quilt, your rules. Yeah. Nice. I, 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 I mean, definitely you felt that throughout it, the whole entire thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I, I learned that from another quilter, somebody who um, had influence over one of my quilts. She, I was quilting in her basement and she handed me a spool of copper metallic. And it sort of changed the look of Twilight in the Bronx. And it, what what that um, what the copper did, not you know, being a metallic, of course, it gives sparkle, but it gave some um, it it gave some physical uh, visual physical relief to all of the um, kind of matte cotton quilting that I was doing, and, but. It, um, 
it was my quilt. It was my rules. I could, uh, and she's the one who taught me that it's your quilt, it's your rules. Um, but you, you know, by adding the metallic, I, you know, now there's a little bit of sparkle, there's a little bit of shine, but there's also, um, when you look at the color scheme over the whole quilt, there's also this complementary. um, there's complementary colors in the blue and the copper because the copper is a little bit more on the orange side, but there's also this analogous or next door neighbor stuff in the red and, and the orange. So you get this, this delightful color play that you're not necessarily expecting to see in a quilt. Um, and I think, I think Tracy, did I send you um, a New York beauty quilt to put with the show notes? I am not sure, but you can just go ahead and mention any of the quilts that you want to talk about, and I'll make sure that those get into the show notes so our listeners can actually see pictures of what you're okay. talking about. Um, so a hundred years ago, because you all know I am that old, um, <laughs> <laughs> I made a quilt called When Alex and Ginny uh, Met in Manhattan, uh, Met in New York, Beauty Happened. So it's a, it's a, uh, kind of a tribute quilt to, of course, Alex Anderson and Ginny Beyer. And I used, my challenge was just to use their fabrics. It was New York beauty and um, curved piecing is not my favorite thing to do, although I'm getting better at it as I, the more that I do piecing. But the quilting on that quilt um, was a full-blown experiment in um, making feathers and trying different motifs in different areas and using, letting Ginny's fabric kind of dictate what I did on her, on, on the blocks where I used her fabric. And, um, uh, of anything like that's when I was getting ready to do this, I was looking at that quilt and I'm going, Oh, this sort of exemplifies what, you know, kind of, what I do. And, and this was sort of the beginning of going down this path of really exploring what machine quilting is and how we can, how we can just do this. We don't, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be crazy. You know, we don't have to think too much about it. We can just sit and we can just sit and quilt and everything can be different and still look cohesive over the surface. I think that's such a, an important thing to think about. I think sometimes we overthink it. I know I overthink it a lot. <laughs> I overthink I quilting he- all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel that. Lori, I'm, I'm really intrigued about, you know, your take on this since you probably have the most experience out of, out of all of us. Um, and and how how you approach quilting and and do you agree with with Terry? Do you try and let go and not think about it? How long does it take you to let go? <laughs> <laughs> that might be an unanswerable question um, <laughs> because I think there's still for me anyway a a, a thing that that says, well, this is how I should quilt this. And then I have to talk myself into doing what I want to do. So So what you should do and what you want to do are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Lots of times. And I loved the part of the book that talked about um, 
doing different thread colors. You know, I, I have a tendency to think, well, I want this thread to go with the background because then it won't show too much. And if I make a mistake, it won't be as obvious. But wouldn't it be fun if I did neon green? Mm-hmm. And I have to talk myself into that off-the-wall neon green on a pink quilt. Oh, my gosh, that's perfect. Seriously, Lori, just do it. I I really do <laughs> have, have one hanging on my design wall that that is peach and gray. And, you know, my thought was I was going to quilt it with either peach or gray. And now it's like, no, what if? <laughs> Do you know that that's my favorite question? What if? Yeah. What if? Ah. What if I did this? If I don't like it, I have steam rippers. (laughs) (laughs) And that was another thing that just kind of um, was an eye opener for me. It's like, it's no big deal. You can always rip it out. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, I could. (laughs) (laughs) we have a tendency to think that if we have to break out this seam ripper we're a bad quilter um and that's uh, not true no it's necessarily so not true it is so 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 not true um twilight in the bronx was quilted twice um the first time i had quilted the, almost the entire background. I think I was like two thirds of the way quilt through quilting the background. And I went to mini group one night and they, everybody without exception said, Terry, the back is the front. Like I kept showing them the front of the quilt, which was the star. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're looking at the blue batik back and they're going, no, this is the front. And I'm like, no. And one of the ladies at the end of that meeting came over and sat next to me and she kind of took uh, my hands and she goes Terry you're hiding your quilting she goes there's some really amazing quilting on there so I did what any normal quilter does and I went home and I took out my seam ripper and I I took out 75 percent of the quilting in the background and I left a little bit as a reminder and besides there are black holes and um, and I requilted with the red and the blue and the copper, and and that made a dynamic difference. And most people would ask me why didn't I just remake the quilt? I have no idea. I'm a quilter. I just do these things. <laughs> but a seam ripper is a quilter's best friend. Do you guys have a favorite seam ripper? Yes. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Yes. Is it a handcrafted one? Well, mine's fairly new. I I was able to obtain um, uh, Hope Yoder's uh, latest uh, version of uh, the seam ripper that she has. And not only is it adorable, but it works amazing. (laughs) Wait, I haven't tried that one. Yeah, it's it's really great. Um, It's part of her embellishment line. Embellish, yeah, embellish. embellish. Line. Yes. Yeah, um, we'll put a link to that on the uh, on the um, show notes. Cool. I have two favorites. 
I have Alex's Alex Anderson's three in one tool, which is wooden. And I like it because it doesn't roll off my table. Mm-hmm. And then I have one that I forget what brand it is, but it's kind of fat and it's gray and it's got a, um, it's got a cap that's got rubber on it that you can mm-hmm. helps you pull out the threads. And I really like the part that helps you pull out the threads. Is that the, and yeah, that's the, whole the one rolling. I like too. Yeah, the whole not rolling thing, it's crucial. It really is because <laughs> yeah. you're up and down, up and down all the time. Yeah. And when it rolls away, it's like, oh. Although sometimes that's, I feel like that's the only exercise I get is when you <laughs> pick it up and pick it back up again. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> that's funny. And Lori, do you have a favorite seam ripper? Mine is the one with the the kind of rubbery end on the opposite end of the ripper part. And and it's actually a pretty funny story. I was just looking all over for mine the other day. And then I was texting with my sister and she said something about her seam ripper that I gave her worked really well. And that's where it is. Oh, no. That was a good score on her part. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, man. I guess we got to get you a new one, Lori. Exactly. It made oh, me geez. laugh so much. <laughs> Gave away the good stuff. Yes. yes. Well, you know, you got to share the good stuff with the people you're encouraging to build, right? That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm actually curious. Do you all have favorite threads? Who wants well, to go first? Yeah, I'll jump in because I know for me, uh, you know, for me, any thread I loved was free thread because I was getting so much free thread through work and things like that. But it was awesome because it did give me a chance to utilize a lot of different brands, a lot of different kinds. And I still feel like I'm, I haven't quite nailed down exactly what uh, works for me because I'm still trying to figure out like, okay, how do the needles work with the thread and how do you pair them up and what do you do? And yet again, your book was such a great reference. Like I, I know I'm going to end up using it as a reference tool because it really breaks down the science behind it, which is fabulous. Um, so for me, I'm still kind of on the search for, you know, something consistently that I love, but I am a huge fan of the sulky threads, um, just because I've worked with them a ton. And so I've been able to really get in and utilize them a lot. Lori, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to decide which ones do I like best. I like sulky. I like um, I like polyester thread for a lot mm. of things because of the low lint. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use a lot of uh, Robus and Anton. Um, I use Aurifil. Um I guess the thing I always tell people when I'm talking about what they want to buy for thread is don't buy the cheap stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What you save in money, you forfeit in ease of using. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are lots of good brands of thread. Um, again, I'm kind of like Ginger. I have a whole bunch of of Sulky and Robeson Anton because it was free, um, <laughs> and and it works wonderfully well. So that's mostly what I use. I 
I feel like I, I'm always attracted to color first. So I have a wide variety of thread in my stash. Uh, I tend to go to Aurafil first. Um, I love, um, you know, for quilting, I tend to go towards either Aurafil or um, Floriani or um, Isacord. And I've used some King Tut. Um, oh, I still yeah. think I'm figuring out what my perfect ratio is, too, because I think to- uh, Terry got me thinking about bobbin thread a lot, too. Yeah. Um, and and how, you know, you shouldn't just immediately slap the what you're using on the top in the bobbin necessarily, depending upon what it is. So... Those are those are things that I think about too. But I guess I, I'm always attracted to color first. And yeah, I Terry. do have some free thread in my stash that I haven't tried yet. So mm. I, I've got some stuff that I need to start playing with. Well, and nice. you mentioned King Tut. Um, when I was answering your question, I was thinking about what I use on my domestic machine. But mm. uh, as far as on my long arm, then I'm a real fan of superior threads. Mm, yeah. They got lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Terry, would do your turn. Do you have any favorites or what's your favorite? Um, I, lo- I don't know if you noticed in the book, but there's a lot of thread in there. I love yes. thread. Yes. <laughs> Just a, a little. little. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thread. Um, and, and oddly enough, with everything that's in the book, I'm still not going through, well, I'm sort of am right now, but I'm not going through thread withdrawal because that was only about half my stash that I sent to them. Um, it, I, I think for me, it, it sort of depends on, uh, on what I'm doing and where I am in my quilting journey. So years ago, I, I, you know, whatever what was available at my local quilt store is what I used. And then I started experimenting with thread and getting into the wider quilt world. And that sort of changed like what I was, you know, how I, how I started thinking about thread. So if I'm piecing, I used to use a 50 weight thread. Um, and I would use a 50 weight two ply, which is, is finer than a 50 weight three ply thread. And then I met Debbie Brown, who uses a 60-weight mm-hmm. thread for piecing. And I went, oh, this is life-changing. Because when you, you know, I can, I can stitch an accurate quarter of an inch seam. But when I have that heavier weight thread or that, thick, that thicker, slightly thicker thread, when I open up my seam, uh, you know, when I press it to one side or the other, there's a little bit, you know, it takes up a little bit more room. So the 60 weight changed my life. Well, then Oracle mm. came out with that delightful 80 weight. 80 weight. Oh, oh. Yes. they're always one up in each other, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, well, and then Quilter then, Select has an 80 weight too. Uh-huh. Yes. It, but then, wait, there's more, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because Superior then came out with a 100 weight polyester. Oh, <gasps> my gosh. My. Oh, I haven't tried this one yet. Uh, okay. So um, <laughs> you guys need to contact them and get them for your piecing. That um, sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Um, it, like, 
I, I'm sitting here like all excited. Like I can, I can <laughs> kind of feel it in my hands right now. Um, I actually like it for piecing. I know there are a lot of quilters who would not use it for piecing, but I will use my 100 weight for piecing. And I, I shorten my stitch length just a little bit so that it's not quite so tight, um, or not quite so, so long. Um, and then when I'm, when I'm actually quilting, I, I, I sort of do this, um, and, and I think that it, this sort of comes out in the book, and I kind of hope it does. Um, I, I do this, okay, um, I, I will have a quilt in front of me, and, and seriously, I do not plan my quilting. I, I, I just don't. So I start thinking about, do I want the quilting to show? Do I want the quilting, like, what do I want the quilting to do? And then that's where all my favorite threads come out. So it's it's sort of whatever I'm I, I'm trying to accomplish is my favorite thread at the moment. Brand wise, um, I, I'm a big superior threads girl. Uh, like I, I have loved superior threads since I met them. Um, I also, uh, love Wonderfell threads. I love mm. Orifel mm-hmm. threads. Um, I like glide. I, I don't have as much experience with it, but I do like glide thread. Um, there are some brands that I won't use for machine quilting or even piecing, but if I were garment sewing, they would be my go-to things. Mm. I don't sew garments, so it's sort of a non-issue, but, um, it, you know, if I want the quilting to go to, you know, if I want the quilting to truly be in the background, I'll go for the 100 weight silk or the 100 weight polyester. If I want the quilting to be really forward, then I'll go for, uh, you know, the heavier weight threads or the, you know, the colors that are really highly contrasting. So I I think, I guess what I'm saying is I just like thread. (laughs) I think that's true about you. (laughs) As long as I've known you. Yes, I, I love thread. Let me pet it. Let me tell, you know, and, and, oh, I do love Floriani. Um, there is something mm. about their, uh, of all of the metallics I try, I have tried over the years. There's something about their metallics that run through my machine really well. Like I don't mm-hmm. have breakage. So mm-hmm. that one makes me really happy. Yeah. It's kind of dreamy and it's got a beautiful sheen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Terry. I think we could talk about thread all day. I mean, yeah. you hear us and we're ooing and aahing over thread like we normally do about fabric on this show. <laughs> all right. I, I'm willing to cancel the rest of my day. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm game. I, mean, I can be here for a while longer. <laughs> Oh, well, I think I think we could probably have a whole nother show um, talking to you about this. So I just am so happy that you finally were able to join us. And I'm just congratulations on the new book. It is really beautiful. Thank you so very much. I really I really do appreciate that. No, thank you for pouring your heart and soul into it because you can definitely tell. (laughs) That's right. Thank you. Um, I hope you have a really good day. And um, Lori, let's move on to our Fine Finishes segment. Today for our Fine Finishes segment, we're talking to Susan Manry. Susan is a freelance educator and an educator for Handy Quilter. 
That means she's a long armor and she works especially with Pro Stitcher. And I am so excited to talk to her because as some of you know, I have a handy quilter, Avante, and I have Pro Stitcher, but I'm fairly new at it. So boy, do I have questions. Susan, <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much, Lori. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about about your specialty with the Pro Stitcher. First, for our listeners, what is Pro Stitcher? Well, Pro Stitcher is a fabulous computerized quilting system developed by Handy Quilter for their machines. It's intuitive and so easy to use, and I started using it uh, about 10 years ago, I think, um, and I just love the heck out of it. It's the best thing out there. I know I sure love mine. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know there are people that say that it's cheating to use software to long arm, but they used to say it was cheating not to hand quilt. So I'm good with using Pro Stitcher. <laughs> it's been cheating forever. It was cheating to use a sewing machine. It was cheating to use a quilting machine. It, it, it's all nonsense as far as I'm concerned. What's, what's silly is not using the tools that you have at your disposal to produce the best product that you can. Oh, yes. And some of the things that I see coming out of long arm machine quilters and computerized systems, they're just amazing. I'm with you on that. I've seen some quite amazing quilting myself. I always laugh when people tell me that's cheating, that's cheating. And I always say, so tell me, do you still wash your clothes on big flat rocks? <laughs> I always I always love the argument where they're like, hey, if they had it back then, don't tell me they wouldn't have used it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, my grandmother was was a quilter and I can just picture her excitement at seeing some of the things we've got to use today. Didn't so, sure. Susan, how long have you been working with Handy Quilter? Um, as an educator for Handy Quilter, I think this is just about the end of my fifth year, coming up on starting year six in June. And it's how does that work? Do you go to individual stores or do you go to big shows or both? Yes, we do a little bit of everything. We go to Handy quilter retailers, and we teach how to use the machines. And then, of course, I specialize in Pro Stitcher, so I teach a lot about how to use the Pro Stitcher. And we teach those at the retailers to their customers. And then we also work at shows for Handy Quilter in the booth and occasionally teach at shows. Not all of us, but some of us do. And then I also teach privately, I do a lot of private lessons. Um, I have a studio here in Central Texas where I have students come to me for lessons also. Well, and I know I had the pleasure of working with you on the Quilted series that Handy Quilter had sponsored. And um, we worked together on the very last season of it. And for those of you out there, uh, it's such a wonderful series. Um, that particular series you can actually find on the Quilting Daily. Uh, I think it's on the YouTube page. You can go there and you can see Susan's episode where she actually does a whole entire demo of the Pro Stitcher. And it's pretty amazing to watch. <laughs> 
You kind of liked that, didn't you, Ginger? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, it was fascinating. And I mean, the, the thought of anybody thinking that that's cheating is just crazy because it, it's such a, an important part of the process. And it's just a different way that you would get you know, basically the same type of thing, but a different way of doing it. And oh my goodness, it's like once you get that down, it, it, it's the possibilities seem almost endless. <laughs> they are. That's absolutely the truth. You know, you can be as as simple or as complex as you want using computerized quilting. Sometimes it's just about I really want to get this quilt finished, and I program an overall pattern that will quilt my entire quilt with a beautiful pantograph style pattern. And that's quick and easy to do. But sometimes it's about, oh man, I created these beautiful designs in, a, in my Pro Stitcher design software where I can digitize my own patterns. And I've uploaded those into my tablet on my machine. And I'm going to place each one of these designs in very specific places across my quilt. It can be as particular as you'd like for it to be. And the beauty of it is how precise it is. One of the things that I really get a chuckle out of doing is um, I quilt charity quilts for my sister. And when I do that, she says she doesn't care what I do on it. So if I have another project, I will frequently tell the pro stitcher to just do a simple edge to edge kind of thing and start the rogue quilting. And then I can sit at my sewing machine across the room and sew on my sewing machine while pro stitcher is quilting. And that's cool. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, being creative by not being creative. I love it. <laughs> it's like, please do the work for me for once. <laughs> Well, the beauty of that is it's kind of like having a, a little helper in your room with you. I mean, I do the same thing. I'm, when, when my pro stitcher is stitching out a row on an edge-to-edge -edge pattern for a, a detailed pattern, sometimes that could take 20 or 30 minutes in a row. You can get a lot of piecing done in 20 oh, or 30 yeah. minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. So what other questions do you have, Lori? I'm kind of curious because I don't have one at home, unfortunately, but I'm always like just intrigued. And uh, hopefully one day when I do have it, I'll be prepared. <laughs> well, I did have a question with all this. We're all staying at home now and you're a gifted teacher. Are there things that you do online? So uh, typically, yes, uh, I'm in a unique situation here in that my husband and I moved our family home this last fall, and we've been crazy busy trying to become comfortable in our new home. My studio isn't completely set up yet, so I haven't really been in a position to be doing any online teaching, although this would have been an ideal time to do it. <laughs> so yes, and not right now are the answers to those questions. <laughs> I would really like to be doing more teaching, um, but we've been spending a lot of time doing things to get the house ready and to feel more comfortable in the new house. Nice. Yeah. You, you really do have to kind of pick and choose uh, at this time, you know, cause there is a lot of free time, but there's a lot of stuff that still needs to get done. <laughs> well, that's true. And, and it's kind of unusual that I would even be home as much as I am right now. Typically I travel at mm. least 40 weeks a year for Handy Quilter. I, I've, I've been, very, very busy as I've worked for them. There's a lot of demand for uh, pro stitcher and pro stitcher designer and those kinds of education. 
educational classes. And so I spend a lot of time on the road. So being home this much has been wonderful for me in some ways, because we've gotten a lot done around here that wouldn't have been done till the end of the year. Um, but, but I should have been probably spending a little bit more time getting ready for more pro-stitcher education. Next week, I'll be out in the studio with a paint roller, mm-hmm. <laughs> rolling that pretty blue paint on the walls that I bought and um, getting ready to set my machines up and get started again. Nice. Well, that'll be good, though, because I think hopefully as things start opening up and and people do start getting out or whatever, I'm sure that uh, you're going to get still tons and tons of questions and, and hopefully oh, yeah. more opportunities to travel and get back out there. For sure. And I, I mean, I expect that it'll probably be fall again before I'm ready to start traveling. I'm, I, I'm, I won't say that I'm thoroughly enjoying being at home all the time because I really miss teaching and I miss the students and I miss the community of quilters, you know, that elbow to elbow. I love that so much and I miss that. Um, but I think that for my family, that it would be better for me to be home a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> be a little more safe for a little bit longer. You know, we, there's there's creativity you can find it everywhere, and I mean, we've just found all kinds of new and creative ways to to be a community to main to maintain our community. I, I run a Facebook group that I'm sure that you're aware of called Pro Stitcher Posse. That's all about Pro Stitcher, and it's just been crazy busy. So many people are involved in that and asking questions and learning there. It's been Yeah, wonderful. and I think we sh- we can definitely put a link to that. Um is that uh the the Facebook can anybody join that? Anybody that's interested in pro stitcher. Nice. Yes. And it's 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 just for that. We don't talk about other things there. We don't do <laughs> politics there. We don't care what you had for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> All it's, pro stitcher all the time. <laughs> it is. It's pro stitcher, and that's all we're going to talk about there. That's all there is. Yeah, and that is a Facebook group that I check out frequently, and it's very helpful. Lori, how long have you had your pro stitcher? Um, about two and a half years. That's awesome. I I just I have so much fun with it. Oh my gosh, I have so much fun. Do you, what do you like to do best? Um, I actually have just gotten into quilting individual blocks. So I have to set the size of the block and sometimes they're not exactly square. So, so you can use this, the pro stitcher software to tell it that your block is skewed and the design comes out fitting the block. I just think that's amazing. You go, girl. That's awesome. Custom quilting with the Pro Stitcher. I love it. You can be, you can make a pattern fit any kind of space, and it it it's a win win because exactly if your, if your block isn't perfectly square, you can make your pattern make of the block look perfectly square. Yep. It's a it it's an eye fooler for everyone, but the beauty is it makes you look like a great piecer and a great quilter. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Good for so you. What's your favorite part about like teaching people with the the pro stitcher or teaching well, them about it? Those ahas. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a lot 
to be said for a lot of educators, anyone who teaches anything, it's those aha moments when, when people say, oh, I get it. I see how you do that now. And sometimes you can be watching their faces and you can see their eyes light up at that moment and they don't even have to say anything. Absolutely. And, and because we have the ability to practice using our software, sitting in front of our laptop computers, I can teach classes in what we call simulation mode. So I'll sit at a class in, at the front of a classroom facing my students as I teach, and then they're doing the same thing I'm doing on their laptops. And so I can watch their faces while they work. And it's such a pleasure when I suddenly see someone's eyebrows shoot up and they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I did it. It's so exciting. I just love that. Just love it so much. And that's it, really. I I enjoy people learning how to use these fabulous tools that that they've purchased and really making good use of the investments that they've made in these fabulous products. It's wonderful to help facilitate that for people. Nice. So what is the best way for them to find out more information about ProStitcher? So Handy Quilter, or well, really, it's not just Handy Quilter. I should be more careful when I say that, because if you go to ProStitcher.com, ProStitcher has its own website. Um, and there you can find out all the information you'd like to know about ProStitcher. Um, there's also information there about the ProStitcher designer software, which is what I mentioned earlier, where I can sit at my desk, at my laptop, and I can digitize patterns that really make my creativity um, just skyrocket when I can imagine something, draw digitally, upload that into my computer, and then stitch it out with such great precision. So those two products together give me the ability to do anything I want to do uh, with the computerized system. And on the Pro Stitcher website, you'll find information about both the Pro Stitcher computerized quilting system and the Pro Stitcher designer software with tutorials and PDF documents and all kinds of different stuff to help you learn about it. And then can they also go to the Handy Quilter uh, website as well? To the Handy Quilter website, yes. There's, and that there, would give them information on both the Pro Stitcher and the machines that absolutely. they could use it with, right? That's right. That's right. And there's a lot of information there, too. Now, that said, we have local retailers who retail these products, too. So that's an excellent resource for anyone who's interested in purchasing or knowing more about these working with the local retailer. And there is a retailer locator uh, page on the Handy Quilter website that can direct you to someone near you geographically. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Susan. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Um, I'm excited to play some more. I'm excited to watch some of your videos. Uh, I'm just learning so much. And I tell you what, if anything comes up and you've got questions, you know where to go. I'll happily answer them for you. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You betcha. Keep that creativity flowing. I do. (laughs) Bye-bye, Susan. It was great to catch up with you again. You too, Ginger. You girls take care. Thanks so much. Happy quilting. Uh, Same to you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. 
Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.